Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined by professional tennis player Usue Arcanada. Usue talks about leaving her family to train in the United States, the importance of knowing that every day is not perfect, no matter how much work you put in, while sharing her goals for the next year and beyond. Usue also talks about having fun on the court, her meditation practice, women supporting women, and so much more. This episode is interesting, enlightening, and a lot of fun. So let's get to it. Usui, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. You are our first professional tennis player that we're going to have on, and, and I'm a tennis fan. So yes. I'm excited for this. So let's jump on in. And my first question is probably a pretty easy one, but when did you first pick up a racket and decide that you love tennis? So I first picked up a racket in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, originally from there in our club, Ferro Carril. Uh, my brothers played tennis um, and my mom coached them. So yeah, I just kind of like would watch them play. And one day I joined and then that's when I first started playing and fell in love with the sport ever since. How old were you then? I was four years old. Oh, wow. So, so I was very young. <laughs> very, very, very young. And how many brothers do you have? I have two older brothers. Okay. And how yeah. much older are they? Uh, one's 24 and the other one's 27. And have, or do they still play or are you the only one that's continued it? Uh, no, the, um, my other brother, Jordy, he's the middle child. Um, he still plays, so. Fantastic. So obviously you decided at a very young age that you loved the sport. At what point did you decide that this is what you really wanted to dedicate your life to? I think from a very young age, I knew like, um, that I was going to be, professional uh, a sport I did gymnastics too and I was in love with gymnastics but I think when I was 12 years old I decided to play tennis um, professionally and just dedicate my whole time into that so I mean I always knew what I wanted and like sports was my life and my family everyone was into sports so I think from a very young age probably like 12 13 I, I knew I wanted to be a professional and this might sound kind of like a funny question, but what was it about the sport that you first loved? And was it the hitting the ball? Was it serving? You know, what was it kind of that really got your adrenaline going? I think, I mean, for me, it was the running around. I loved running <laughs> around when I was younger and just hitting the ball. And then once I started playing tournaments, it was like the competitiveness of the sport. Um, it's very individual and how you have to figure things out by yourself. I think it was great. And yeah, I loved, I mean, that it wasn't a team sport. <laughs> That's interesting. But I can understand that. I can totally yeah. understand that because then the responsibility falls on you. Yeah, it's all about you. So 
It's like having to do the group project, but you get to do it on your yes, own. So I exactly. <laughs> I totally get so that. So the school probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. We, we won't tell them. We, we won't let them listen. <laughs> um, so you made the decision to, you know, to leave your family and train in the United States. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience was like first when you were very young and the different places that you've you've trained? And then I have a few follow-up questions, but let's start there and we'll go. Yeah. So first we moved to Puerto Rico, my parents and brothers and I, um, because okay. of my dad's job, um, he worked with the Puerto Rican Federation for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And then I decided to move to Florida to train there um, because there was like more opportunities, better players to practice. And so, yeah, I mean, it was very tough for me first originally leaving my family in Argentina, like my grandparents and everyone. And it definitely took a lot of adjustment from not just me, but my, especially my mom, I think. Um, so, I mean, to this day, it was probably hard, but I mean, we learned to deal. I knew what I wanted and my parents wanted to give us a better future. Um, so, yeah. And then eventually I moved to Florida and that's where I started training until in Midtown Athletic Club, until I went to Atlanta to train with my old coach, Frank Salazar. And then eventually I ended up in DC for many years and now I'm back in Florida. <laughs> Oh, okay. Fantastic. Um, I actually also lived in DC for many years, but I, I I did, I was working for the former mayor of DC for a number of years. Uh, I was not, that's amazing. Oh, thank you very much. I was not training to be a professional tennis player, but, (laughs) um, but actually his sons were really, um, big tennis players and one of them is playing in college. So, um, it's a world I'm not entirely unfamiliar with. Um, did you like your time in DC? Yeah, I really liked it. I was training at Kosh Park um, mm-hmm. there, and I enjoyed it. It was definitely very cold in the winter, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it helped me tremendously in my career, and I got better, and that, that's what it was all about. It was definitely lonely at times because my family wasn't there with me. We didn't have a lot of resources and money for them to be able to move there with me. They were working in Puerto Rico still, but yeah, it was great. Would you say that was the biggest adjustment was being away from your family or was it just transitioning to a new country and new people or what would you say it was? I think, yeah, my biggest adjustment was being away from my family. When we were in Argentina, we were like always together. My grandparents, my aunts, they helped us so much in everything. So like we were like a team in a way Uh, since my parents had to work, they would help us a lot and so many barbecues and time spent together. So we were a very united family and that was like my biggest adjustment moving and like being by my own. But mm-hmm. then it also made me very independent, which was great. But yeah, that was probably the biggest thing. What are some challenges that you've endured um, in your training, uh, in your game or all of those types of things? What are some challenges? And if you could talk a little bit about what you've learned from each, that would be awesome. I think... Um, there's a lot of challenges, but I think knowing that every day is not going to be perfect um, is one of the biggest things. Like um, every day you can wake up, I choose to like try my hardest and give my 100%, but that doesn't mean it's always going to go the way I want it to be. I'm a big perfectionist too. So sometimes I'm a little extra hard on myself. So like I have to kind of like tell myself to breathe and relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just take every day and give it your all and like that's eventually how you're going to get better giving your 100% and keep working on new things and being open uh, to what your coaches say 
And the knowing that every day is not going to be perfect, no matter how much effort you put in, is something that takes a lot of people a long time to figure out. But it's something that you've understood at a very young age. Was it something taught to you? Is it something you just kind of figured out on your own along the way? I think a lot of things can be taught to you, but some things you have to figure out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that one I definitely figured out on my own since I wanted everything to be so great all the time. And obviously it's not possible, but I mean, even the bad days can teach you like a lot of things, especially in sports and a lot of things you can learn from them. And that's what you have to bring into the next day. Can you think of an, can you think of an example of a a bad day where you may have learned something that was helpful? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has to be with tennis related. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes let's just say, I mean, I can't think of a specific, but it's mostly in practice. Like sometimes I like you play a match and something's not working the way you want it. But then after the match, you go uh, and work on that specific thing. And the next day, like it's in your mind and you know what you need to do better. And that's where you're going to execute and like try your best to do. Can you take us through a day, a match day? And kind of how you prepare um, and and kind of what goes into that. Yeah. um, So I wake up, depending on my match, maybe like three, four hours, depending on when it is before. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, if it's late in the afternoon, I'll wake up around like eight or nine. And then I'll have uh, breakfast. I love my morning coffee. I definitely need that every day. So then I have that and get ready and eventually head to the course, go through a dynamic warm up or get treatment if I need to on something specific. Uh, but go through a dynamic warm up and then warm up on the court too. And kind of like just after that, I kind of like get ready, prep my my rackets, my grips. And uh, yeah, I get ready, listen to music, kind of play on my phone, maybe a couple of games here and there. Uh, sometimes I like to watch uh, people play before me, like mm-hmm. just a couple of games here to get the feel of like the environment. And yeah, I just talk to my coach, obviously, like throughout the day. <laughs> and then, yeah, just get ready for my match. And then right before my match, I try to get locked in with my music and get my body going again and do like a whole warm up routine again. What is your favorite pump up music? What are you listening to? I like a lot of EDM, but usually I don't listen to a lot of pump-up music. I just kind of like like country or things to relax my mind. I think I, sometimes I get really eager, so I try to listen to music that will relax me more. Do you meditate at all? Yeah, I do uh, meditate usually in the mornings. And how, how do you do that? Do you have an app that you use or you just have a meditation that you've been doing for years? Yeah, it's kind of like meditation that I've been doing with like a psychologist. So I just kind of go through that routine for at least 10 minutes in the morning. That helps me relax. So I want to go back to something you said earlier about being a perfectionist and sometimes being harder on yourself. How have you found that balance of being, you know, critical of yourself in the way that's that's motivating and helpful, but not to a way that can be detrimental? Um, I think to this day, I'm trying to find that balance, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just like tell myself to enjoy the moment, like enjoy what you're doing. Um, that helps me like have fun. That's the most important thing of all, like having fun in what you do and loving what you do. And that definitely like helps me 
try to be less of a perfectionist. It kind of like helps me loosen up and just enjoy the moment really, even if it's good or bad. What does your training process entail and how has that changed over the years? I mean, I definitely, from a young age, I put a lot of hours in my training. I would say maybe more. Uh, when I was younger, I used to train a lot of hours on court, maybe up to six hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I did gymnastics, it was a lot. But once I um, I got to an older age, obviously, not older age, but I'm not old. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> I was like, God. Um, but yeah, now um, I try to concentrate a lot on my body. I think being a professional athlete, your body gets you beat up a lot. So I try to limit the hours depending on what's going on with my body and uh, just kind of listen to it. I think, I mean, we have our careers based on like our bodies and stuff. So sometimes I'll train like sometimes I'll go f- uh, three hours, two hours in the morning, one hour in the afternoon of tennis plus two hours of fitness uh, or sometimes I'll do two hours in the morning and maybe an hour and a half of fitness and call it a day. Um, So it just depends on the days and the weeks and what's going on with tournaments. And what is the nutrition aspect of it like? Um, Well, luckily I have like a very fast metabolism, (laughs) so I don't have a hard time with that, but I do try to concentrate on eating healthy I don't really cut anything off. I love protein and my carbs. So, I mean, I eat really whatever, um, but I definitely try to put more vegetables in if I can. I'm not a big fan of veggies. So I try to uh, include them. (laughs) Yeah, I try to include them in the process. (laughs) Do you have a favorite pre-match meal and then a favorite post-match meal? Um. Pretty much meal. I mean, usually I love breakfast food. So I like avocado toast with egg. Um, I also love yogurt with granola. So just kind of depending. But I always have eggs and um, toast in the morning before my matches. And then for post-match, I don't really have a favorite. I love pasta with chicken or whatever. So Or like sandwiches. All the good things. Yeah, you have a favorite, good things. <laughs> you have a favorite sandwich? Uh, uh, well, I try to eat pretty like bland, but uh, turkey and cheese. But I love my paint mayo, so I add mayo in there. So I used I tried to be a vegan for about five minutes, um, and you know what I missed <laughs> more than anything was a turkey sandwich. Oh really? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. so good. They're so I good. Love, I'm not a mayo um, fan, but but yeah, no, I love Jersey Mike's. Mm. That's my favorite spot. Well, that's <laughs> that's sandwich. Good. Yeah, <laughs> they do make a very they do make a very good sandwich. I thought it was funny that that was like the one thing I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't be a vegan if I can't eat a turkey sandwich. So yeah, that's crazy. That was, that was the end of that. Um, <laughs> that is, that's very that's very funny. Um, so injuries, you talked a lot about you know your body and keeping it you know healthy and all of those things. Injuries are obviously a big part of any athlete's life. Can you talk a little bit about that and and how you've battled through anything like that that's come up? Yeah, so in the past two years, uh, well, like two years ago, I had kind of wrist issues and mm-hmm. elbow issues. So since then, I just kind of decided to, I mean, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to practice if you're not healthy. So I just decided to concentrate more on my health and how my body and listening to it more. 
And um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to manage because before that, I used to be a person that loved training so many hours and just kind of giving it all, all the time. But now I just have to work more smartly. And, you know, I mean, I've hit enough balls throughout my years that it's okay. And what is the mental component of that, of getting through an injury and knowing that it might take time, but it will heal? Um, it was definitely tough when I was injured for a while, like at home. Um, it was hard. I definitely got really bored just because we're so used to traveling week by week. And I was, it was hard for me being in the same place for so long. But, you know, I just try to take advantage of that. You know, I never get to be with my family. So I really enjoyed that aspect of getting to be with my family and friends more. And yeah, just enjoying my life outside of the sport. What would you say the strongest part of your game is? Um, I definitely would say my speed and my back end. And what area do you want to improve? Um, I mean, I think there's like a lot of, I mean, everyone has a lot of areas, but one area is just, um, more my, like my attitude towards myself and like just, um, being more patient with myself still. I think that's a good advice for everybody doing anything yeah. is being a little bit more patient. Um, I think it all starts with us at the end of the day. <laughs> yes. I think so. you are a hundred percent. Well, you are quite wise. You are a hundred percent correct about that. Um, yeah. so if there was a, a young girl coming to you who said that she wanted to devote her life to tennis, what advice would you give her for embarking on this journey? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say, first of all, it's like enjoy what you do, love what you do, and uh, have fun. That's the biggest thing, having fun with it. And mm-hmm. just work your heart, like work so hard every day, and eventually things will come. Um, just keep being positive and working hard. When you look at the various coaches that you've had uh, over your career to this point, what do you think is – and this might sound like a weird question, but I hope you know what I'm trying to say. Like, But what do you think is the most important part of that relationship? Relationship, Like, what do you think has been most successful in your work with your coaches? Um, for me, it's the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you're with those coaches every day, many hours through ups and downs. So I think like having a good personal relationship is great and just being comfortable with them. Because... Um, as an athlete, you have to be very open and emotional at times um, and transparent with them. So I think just having like a good um, base of a normal relationship is great. Um, yeah. And obviously you have to enjoy their time. So hopefully they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny is always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's have you found that most of your coaches are funny? Not most of them. I mean, some of them. Uh, the coach I'm working with now, he's great. So it's like couple like banter is great for me. So just like enjoying it. I mean, uh, our sport can be so hard on ourselves and our bodies and our minds. So just having somebody that is there, like to help you relax and just enjoy the moment with you. And are you able to balance any sort of, you know, personal life with, with your friends? I know you're not near your family, but carving out time to talk to your family and just really do things for you. I know self-care is a big term that we hear a lot of now, but is it something that you prioritize? 
Yeah, I definitely love hanging out with friends and stuff. I think like I need it. <laughs> I mean, you need to be able to balance that. Um, if not, it's really hard on the mind and just having like and having fun with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely am able to balance that in. Obviously, I don't see my family as much, but I have great people around me. So when I can, I'm not practicing. I'll go do something fun with them. Um, but yeah. What are some of those things that you like to do when you're not when you're not practicing? You have some time off. What is what are some of your go to? Um, depending. I mean, usually it's hard for me to take a trip somewhere to to visit people. But I mean, if I can, sometimes I'll. I love like going to visit my friend in Hilton Head, or also just like going to the mall. Love shopping. That's a big thing. Um, <laughs> eating, going to brunch. Um, now next to my apartment, there's. Um, in front of my apartment there's some cows and like a big land of cows so sometimes I like going over there with a friend and just feeding them so yeah just like Great. little things feeding cows when did that start that's awesome <laughs> started like two weeks ago oh so this is relatively new this is I'm yeah like breaking news here I'm into it no yeah this is pretty new I mean I've always gone and like kind of try to pet them and play with them from the fence. But yeah, we started feeding them like a couple of weeks back. That's awesome. <laughs> have you, do you have a favorite cow? Have you made any like ones of your Yeah, there's two that remember me. I, I mean, I believe that they remember me because every time like they come up so fast compared to the other ones and they're like so excited and they like keep following me around. I try to train them too. I'm pretty obsessive. <laughs> oh, that's all. How do you train them? What are you training them to do? Well, sometimes like they get really eager. So they try to like poke their head more out from the fence. And like, I don't want them to cut themselves. So like with the food, I try to like tell them like up, down, like go back more. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> Professional tennis player and cow trainer. It's a great. Yep, that's what I do. An unlikely combo, but a unique combo. And I think it's great. So yes, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Um, kind of going back to early on when you started, did you ever face any sort of criticism or critiquing that was difficult, but that really helped to shape you as both a player and a person? Um, let me think. I mean, critique's always there, uh, but that helped me shape myself. I mean, if anything, it kept pushing me to believe in myself more uh but obviously like because of my height I'm not the tallest player and usually tennis players are like not very tall but the average are are taller so a lot of people would say like I don't think she'll make it she's too short but that just kind of kept me pushing and pushing to prove them wrong and to get better and eventually yeah just keep proving people wrong when you look uh, at like the next several years of your career, what are some goals that you have set out for yourself? Um, a big goal for this year is to crack the top 100. Um, and eventually, for the years after that, I would love to compete in the Olympics and win a gold medal. I think that would be amazing. Another thing would be to get be able to crack in the top 10 and win Wimbledon and U.S. Open. So, yeah, I mean, of course, my standards are very high, but mostly it's just being able to get into the top 10 and competing against the best players and having a chance at those Grand Slam trophies and the Olympics and everything. Do you find that it's helpful to have high standards? I would imagine that it would be, but do you find that it's helpful to have 
Yeah, I mean, obstacles. it's not just high standards, it's dreams that I've dreamed of from a very young age. Um, so, I mean, it's just things that I imagine and that I want and that keep helping and pushing me forward even more every day. Like you're going through hard work now, you're going through hard things and you just keep imagining them and believing in those things. So, yeah, it has. You really have done an incredible job, it, it seems, from our conversation at least, um, of really – and we talked a little bit about this earlier, but knowing how important it is to be patient with yourself, knowing how important it is to have fun with what you're doing and not always just take it so seriously. Is it just – were you just born with those traits? Is it something no. you observed? No. Okay. So how have, no. you, how have you gotten to those places? What advice do you have and tips do you have for being able to get there? I think it's just learning to get to know yourself better and get to know what's hard and easy for you. Um, I think also just watching like players. I always saw that when I was younger, I always saw Azarenka had so much fun on court and always like sometimes their music, dancing around on court. And, you know, I just wanted to be able to, I just like that just kind of showed me that like you can work hard, but have fun. And like, I've learned that that's when I do my best too. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's our job. It's our career. So like, why not have some fun with it? I would agree with that. I think that's actually really good life advice for everybody, no matter yeah. what, what career. Uh, this is kind of a funny question, but if you were not a professional tennis player, what would you be doing with your life? Well, <laughs> um, well, as I said before, my dream was to um, be a gymnast and mm -hmm. was to be a gymnast in the Olympics and competing. So I would have tried to do that okay pursue that if not what was your favorite part of gymnastics favorite part was the uneven bars mm. yeah i love flying around on that it does it does look a lot of fun i myself have never flown around on uneven bars but i think <laughs> it, lo it looks very fun it would have not been fun for me i promise you it would have ended with something broken but yeah no there was a lot of false but it was fun and just everything about it was great do you ever get to do gymnastics now just for the fun of it? I used to um, sometimes because my mom was a gymnastics coach. So like mm -hmm. when we went to Argentina, like to our club, like we used to go in the gym and kind of play around in the bars on the floor. But ever since I had my wrist injury and my elbow, like I kind of, it's not good for it. So I try mm -hmm. to stay off doing any gymnastics. Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds yeah. like, too, like almost the two worst possible things to do like gymnastics yeah i know but when i was younger when i first stopped gymnastics i would love to like do cartwheels and backflips and everything on the tennis court and the hotel rooms everywhere so i could just i'm just like imagining you as a little kid yeah and i'll tell them the person below you being like what was that <laughs> um, to stop. <laughs> i'm sorry to say that one more time they're probably like tell that child to stop <laughs> thought it was pretty cool. I don't know. <laughs> we'll never, other. we'll never know. Uh, so you took, you took us through a day of what it's like uh, for one of your matches. You talked a little bit about your training process, but I would love for you to take us through a day in the life and just kind of say, it could be any day you want. It could be a particular match day. It could be an off day, but just kind of a day in the life, like basically from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. I mean, I guess I'll do like a practice day since I already did a match day, maybe. I don't know. Perfect. So practice uh, day sounds perfect. I mean, it is it is more of my life than having an off day. So um, <laughs> yeah, usually I would wake up around, probably I would say like 7.15, depending. Um, 
and then I would head out the door, get ready, shower, and have my coffee. And then I would head out the door 8.15 to get to the facility at 8.30. Then I would get treatment for 30 minutes. Then at 9 o'clock, I'll do a warm-up with my trainer. Um, first, it's like dynamic and then some movement stuff. And then I would get on court at 9.30, usually for an hour and 45, two hours. And then I would go back into the gym to get a lift in or cardio, whatever it is for that day. And then, yeah, I'll just come back home, relax for a little bit, eat some food, and then I'll head back out to train some more. Um, sometimes it's like an hour and just co concentrate on like specifics um, that I saw that I need to like improve. And then, yeah, after that, I'll, I'll probably just like go back into the gym, stretch, and then get some treatment again on ice and then head out and come back home. And usually after that, I'm pretty dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after that, it's usually laying on the couch. Um, love to watch some Netflix. And then eventually I'll try to force myself up to make myself some dinner. <laughs> what are you watching on Netflix right now? On Netflix right now, nothing specific, but I, did, I was watching Bridgerton, which oh, was great. Great yeah. show great show and then this one's like not the greatest thing to watch but i uh we've been watching the bachelor you know what i've been into the bachelor this season too yes, and i really <laughs> didn't used to watch the bachelor but i'm finding this season um, yeah, interesting pretty, which it's it's intense it's pretty addictive it's intense a lot of drama this season actually <laughs> Uh, a, a lot of, and actually is, you know what? I'm glad that you brought up The Bachelor because I think something we've seen on this season, and again, I haven't watched others, so I don't know how much this happens on the others, but it seems a lot of, it's a lot of competitiveness, a lot of, oh my God, yes, know, a lot of bullying. Yes. I mean, it seems it's pretty intense in your profession uh, with other, you know, with your competitors and people that you're playing with, playing against. How do you try to maintain? more of a supportive atmosphere as opposed to a, you know, bad competitive yeah. atmosphere. I mean, I think in uh, tennis, like in women, we're all very competitive and a lot of us have our teams and like most of them stick to their own teams or the people that they've known for a while. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just like, I like I have some friends that I've known since juniors that, you know, that I kind of grew up with. So at tournaments, I try to hang out with them or yeah, just kind of, I mean, usually I feel like it's not that bad like, compared to The Bachelor at all. Well, I mean, I'm not sure anything is as bad as what's at going all. on The Bachelor. But yeah, no, it's not that bad. I mean, a lot of times when you have to play a friend, you know, you concentrate on your match, you give it your all in your match. And then after that, you know, it is what it is at the end of like the outcome, either you won or you lost. But I mean, friendships are more important, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, if you did all you could on the court, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it doesn't tend to be like that. That's awesome. Well, well that's great to hear. But I think, I think it's At least important. not with me. Which is really great. And it's something we talk a lot about on this podcast is the idea that we are better together and we're better building each other up and not tearing each yeah. other down. So it's also really great to hear that from, a, you know, a young up-and-coming athlete that that is really your priority as well. Yeah, no. Especially like with the people that you grew up with and even in general, I think you train really hard, you give it all in your matches and at the end of the day, once you shake hands, like everything's fine. I mean, hopefully, 
hopefully there was no drama on the match but usually like with a couple of friends like you were able to go get dinner together or hang out a little bit after once you both cool down so yeah do you have a fair amount of friends that are are also professional tennis players yes I mean I'm more of a private person so I don't have like a lot of friendships but I have a couple close ones uh but yeah one of my friends is Caroline Dolohide and then Kylie McKenzie so um yeah I played Caro a bunch of times, but usually it's great at the end, and we trained together for many years too. So we oh, always nice. cheered each other up. Um, when when we're having like a hard training day and stuff, we always like cheer each other on and like push each other to be better. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Usway, I've I've loved loved talking to you. I've learned a lot about um, just what goes into you know being a professional tennis player. I think you are just an amazing young woman. So I'm just, I'm so excited. You're welcome. You're, you're very welcome. I'm very excited to see where your career takes you. But of course I cannot let you go yet until we do five fun facts. So without further ado, five fun facts with Usue Argonada. Alrighty. All right, Usue, what is your favorite moment in sports? I think I don't. I think one of my favorite moments was uh, winning junior Wimbledon doubles, and just being at Wimbledon overall. The atmosphere is so different, and it's so beautiful there. So um, I think that was one of my favorites, and going to the gala dinner after. What was? What is your life motto? My life motto. Um, I think if like one of them is if like if you believe, you can achieve. So just always keep believing and pushing. I like that. If you believe, you can achieve. That's a really good one. Thank you. What is now besides the obvious? Of course, um, I always ask everybody <laughs> their their go to workout. And I know you talked a little bit about lifting and different types of cardio. But it, any of that, your favorite? And if tennis is just the go to workout, that obviously works too. But I thought I'd I'd give you an opportunity yeah. to maybe say something else if you want. I used to love boxing, but now I can't do it as much. So boxing mm-hmm. was one of them. Uh, but now I've been doing cycling on not my day offs, but sometimes like when I can change my workout, I've been going to cycling and I really enjoy that with the loud music and everything. So yeah, that's fun. And you've talked a lot about your love of coffee, which is something yes. I share. What is your go-to <laughs> coffee order? Uh, love ice vanilla latte. Mm. It sounds delightful. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, a book every woman should read. Um, I mean, I don't know about a book every woman should read, but for me, I love reading like biographies by, um, athletes biographies and just kind of like what each athlete went through and how they got through things and how their life was. So I just love like, especially with gymnastics. I love watching, uh, I read Ali Raceman's book mm-hmm. and then Andrew Agassi's book. So I just, uh, love reading autobiographies. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being on Get My Job today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. And if you guys yes. liked what you heard, yes, yes, I'm glad. I'm glad you agree. That always feels good when the guest was like, yes, it was. <laughs> um, and if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, make sure to leave us a five-star review and to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, all Thank you. 
sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.